Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, can't get fooled again. Is that good? I'm good. Yeah, does that sound good to you? I'm good. Ready to rock and roll? I'm great. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, everyone. What happened? Uh, All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, as always, joined by Marcus Parks. Marcus Parks, do you feel the burn? Mm, I'm feeling it in my belly. Mm, I feel the burn, but I'm not a a socialist voting for Bernie Sanders. I'm a high school wrestler, and I have ringworm. Classic. (laughs) Different kinds of feeling the burn. Did you actually have ringworm? Oh, my God. So I was a wrestler in high school, and I was a heavyweight. And uh, my coach forced me to be 275 pounds, which is as large as you can possibly be legally, to wrestle around with boys. Boys mm-hmm. on a uh, on a soft mat in front of grown men, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting if you yeah. think about it. As you get older, was I a victim? <laughs> was I a victim of sexual assault at a young age on the wrestling mats? I don't know. And when they watch it, didn't they like lean on their knees and like kind of Always. bend over? Yeah, they were feeling a different kind of burn. <laughs> That's right. The burn of a society that doesn't accept them. It ain't right what's happening. It is actually (laughs) when it comes to the non-acceptance of pedophile lifestyle and people who prefer pederast uh, positions and overall that that sexual orientation. I'm not willing yet to go into legalizing that. (laughs) Although I still eat at Subway sandwiches and I love a good Subway restaurant and I also still eat at Chick-fil-A. So (laughs) where where are my morals? We have none. We're all done when it comes to food. But yes, there was a very violent ringworm epidemic that went all around uh, Wisconsin and the surrounding states. Uh, We'll get to Iowa in a second. Of course, that's where all the politicians went to look extra nerdy. Holy Christ, are these jeans hiked up. Every single one of the candidates that went over there, they were, you know, even Donald Trump. He couldn't even, he didn't even look as cool as the Trump can. (laughs) How cool can the Trump look, Ben? You fired. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. How how cool can't he look? That's the major question. Every kid got the ringworm. Every single kid. They were running around, scratching all over the place. They were devastated, wrestling around on sweaty mats that hadn't been cleaned uh, since the Reagan administration. Uh, but you know who avoided it? Myself. Because you know what I did? Showered. Every now and again. <laughs> Good for you. That's all you have to do. Just occasionally bathe, and you'll probably avoid ringworm. Also, 
I always stayed covered head to toe. In what? Sweatpants. <laughs> I was the sweatpants kid. Being a heavyweight wrestler, we got to get to politics, but I'll tell you, being a heavyweight wrestler was the worst situation on the face of the planet because I'm tall. I wasn't particularly fat when I was a wrestler. I was actually in relatively good shape mm-hmm. for a Kissel. So I yeah. was still soft, mm-hmm. but slightly, you know, less yeah. soft. <laughs> um, like, like, a, like, a, like a marshmallow in the fall. <laughs> mm, there's the perfect 55 degree fall day you put a marshmallow out in your stoop and just a little hard <laughs> that's a little muscular that's my body okay okay that okay. was my body and it's in in the best shape of its life get- like a marshmallow in the fall i understand exactly what you're saying thank you so much <laughs> so no children uh you know but the, but the people that you have to wrestle in heavyweights uh, most of them are about five foot ten and then they're about that tall and they are that wide i mean they were huge they were all you know john candy and almost fame no uh wagons east oh yeah john candy and wagons east size that's the uh that's the movie where he died yeah i was about to say say, oh john candy are you the fattest that you have ever been and are you sweating more than ever before let's put him on a horse (laughs) it's gonna be great so i was always having to wrestle with the hog people and they smelled terrible and i'm sure if they were in the iowa state fair uh they would be out there slamming down the corn dogs caucusing campaigning very hard for their own fat favorite mike huckabee Mm. the iowa the iowa state fair which is of course everyone's favorite place to go get morbidly obese even fatter than they already are and i'll tell you one thing that's difficult to do how do you do it deep fried twinkies deep fried everything (laughs) you know what i i i read an ap article this morning and i think this will tell you how we are already how the press is already getting into the minutiae of the day-to-day coverage Mm. of the republican primaries and the democrat primaries once we get to that hillary was out there but this is the minutiae they Writ wrote an entire article, a long article, about how the candidates are staying slim on the campaign trail. Yep, exactly. That's what I saw. When I saw Mike Huckabee out there, I said, he is just slim. <laughs> but of course, that's just because he's in the backdrop of Iowa. Of course, of you course, know, yeah. That's what I always say. If you want to feel short, if you want to feel tiny, if you want to feel attractive, stand by me. <laughs> You're go- it's the same thing that they used to make uh, Elijah Wood look small in The Hobbit. It wasn't Elijah Wood who was The <laughs> Hobbit. Elijah Wood, or, yeah, he was, whatever, he yes. Was one of them. You're close enough, man. I'll give no, it to you. No, it's not Elijah Wood. It's the other. It's the other. Elijah t- Wood was Frodo ba- Baggins. Yes. There we go. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. He was also in the new remake of the movie Maniac. Yeah. Which was not so good. No, it was not. not. He's too handsome. Way too handsome. Too but, handsome. But it was really weird because they talked about how Scott Walker loves having the the pedometer. He's obsessed with how many steps he takes each day. Bobby oh, sure. Jindal calls himself a quote gym rat. I mean, he. Lo- I mean, he- good. Of course, <laughs> of course, he's a gym rat. He's never used any of the equipment. He just stares in the <laughs> stares at people in the corner gnawing on the wall. <laughs> hey, Bobby uh, Jindal, get you- scram, Bobby. Scram. <laughs> Everybody's favorite governor, Bobby Jindal, sitting at thirty-five percent approval rate in a state that used to love him, mm-hmm. no longer. So the Iowa State Fair, it's a wonderful experience. It's really, it's a, a very unique piece of American politics. You know, the, the p- most powerful people in the world humble themselves uh, beneath the chubby knees of the average Iowanian. I- Iowanian. Iowanian, yeah. And uh, it's really remarkable. There is one, uh, there's a stage, and it's put on by, I think it's the, whatever, the Gazette, something, Gazette or Tribune. And it's a, it's a little stump speech there. It's a little stump speech area. you got 20 minutes to bring your best stump speech in front of everybody. And uh, it's extremely exciting. I saw Mike Huckabee's speech. He, they, they loved him up there. He talks, um, 
He's a very good uh, speaker because, of course, he had the radio show, and he's a bit of a minister. And when he starts talking about abortion, holy Christ, (laughs) he goes somewhere else. I mean, I'm telling you, he almost looks like he either has the – his eyes go to the same place as someone with Alzheimer's (laughs) or with somebody who's just like for the first time in love. You know, if a 13-year-old girl sees Leonardo DiCaprio or, dare I say, Justin Bieber or one of these new hot studs on the scene, Shannon Tatum, (laughs) Shannon Tatum, you know, they go – somewhere in their mind when Huckabee starts talking about abortion it's just I don't even he looks like he's having a hell of a time it's his guitar solo it really is yeah when you're when you watch a lead guitarist and you watch him he's just kind of noodling on the verses and the chorus just waiting and then when he hits that solo man he goes to a different place he, he transcends it. everything and that's Mike Huckabee his abortion, that is his guitar solo. That was his go-to. I failed to mention at the top of the show, in the second half of the show, we're going to be joined by Travis Irvine. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, He does all the video content, or much of the video content, for the great website The Guardian. And everybody loves The Guardian. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he also knows this fellow Roger Stone very well. Roger Stone was Donald Trump's former campaign manager. Roger Stone says he quit. Donald says, you're fired. But you never know. <laughs> You never know what happens. So that'll be coming up a little bit later. So everybody was in Iowa. This is a really great showing because Iowa is obviously one of the most important states in the country. I still don't fully understand why. But being from the Midwest, I say, that's good. Let the large decide. (laughs) Always let the largest members of this country decide who should be president first and just give them off on, you know, Kick, it's really just a nice little jump start. Yeah, you, you get a little, you get a little, uh, a little kick in the pants. Oh a yeah, kick in the pants of support. Oh yeah, let's keep the broken system where candidates have to go way too far Love right it. and go Love past it. their actual beliefs, so they can pander to a base and get past this useless, awful tradition that America has built. Did you not see the butter cow? <laughs> what is wrong with you, Marcus? That is unbelievable. No, this tradition is so necessary. It's so needed. This is the oh, only oh. thing that matters. <laughs> the butter cow. The butter cow. <laughs> hey, uh, hey uh, Kissel. Hey, 10-year-old Ben Kissel. Stop licking the butter cow. <laughs> mm, I just love I just love the way that it tastes. My God, if you could deep fry this, that'd be great. That'll be next year. <laughs> the candidates have to go down there and humble themselves. And that's why it's so great, Marcus. There's no more humbling experience than a state fair, especially one taking place in Iowa. Yeah. I mean, this is the whole point. Marcus and I were talking before the, before the show. And always keep this in mind. You know, people get very upset about politics oftentimes. The people who are actually in power would never run for the president of the United States. There's no CEO of, you know, Citibank or any one of these corporate NWO monsters who truly run every single aspect of our lives. There is no way that Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Mm -mm. obviously still Steve Jobs won't be running now, but you (laughs) you understand the power that he had. But Bill Gates, nobody with true power ever would run for the presidency. So don't be upset. You know, you have the Scott Walkers of the world, Bat Boy himself, who belongs on the cover of the National Enquirer, the guy's a lunatic, he absolutely looks autistic, and I believe his brain is full of fish. But <laughs> look at a little fish tank up there. And, I mean, he's giving his stump speech to the people in Iowa. Of course, the unions that he completely busted up in Wisconsin, they were quite upset about it, and that'll happen when you break a, a very large, um, you know, decade, decade, decade-long uh, history of strong union support in a state such as Wisconsin. So, obviously, he's giving his speech, and I'll tell you one thing, it looked like Woodstock 99. You would have thought <laughs> (laughs) that this uh, Scott Walker character was Limp Biscuit. You would have thought he was Fred Durst up 
there, the way that people were fighting in the crowd. They were having a mosh pit. It was like he was, uh, Dimebag Daryl was playing behind him. Rest in peace, Dimebag. Rest in peace. God damn it. But this is what's so fun about Iowa, about having to go to a state fair. Everyone is drunk and full of grease and just the the energy uh, in the air is mm-hmm. palpable because the the freeze is coming <laughs> as well. It's the Midwest. So they got another week of being able to be outside without having their hands, toes, nose, and ears covered, uh, otherwise risking a massive amount of frostbite as if they're some sort of you know skinny moose in Alaska. So he is out there. And a skinny moose in Alaska. It happened. They're, they're get it. They would, get you would assume a skinny moose in Alaska would get colder than a chubbier moose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get colder much faster than you. I'm always cold. Actually, yeah, that's right. No, Bad no. blood circulation. I, yeah, me too. And uh, yeah, I get colder. Well, actually, no. I was uh, afflicted with a heat stroke at a very young age, <laughs> which fucked up my entire, oh, come on, Sue Silky. Why'd you leave me outside for so long? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, interesting. Another little insight into why <laughs> every every week on every podcast yeah. that we do, you and I, Marcus, we get to learn a little bit yeah. more about why. Yes. Yeah, so, what if I was left outside for four hours in a hundred and five degree heat when I was hmm. only two and a half years old? So, what were you in a wicker basket and sent down the Nile? Are you Moses? <laughs> what happened to you? Sue forgot about me. She just left oh me out. God. Yeah, she forgot about me and left me outside, and I suffered a heat stroke. In my I've internal never temperature. understood that. Well, let's get back to Scott Walker trying to talk <laughs> as everybody fights. But can you? How do you forget the kid? I just don't get the forgetting of the kid. I don't. Get I that understand either. shrinking the kid. <laughs> I understand Rick Moranis making a machine and shrinking his children. Before I understand forgetting your child. Mm-hmm. That's why the movie Home Alone was flawed. <laughs> You can't forget a kid. I guess it could happen. It can happen. So Scott Walker had to deal with that very rowdy crowd. This sort of played to his strengths a little bit, though, because he doesn't back down. He's the little dweeb that can fight back. Although, of course, he's, you know, next to troopers with with weapons. You know, it's sort of tough. It's it's, it's not as if he's going to be a, um, what was the, uh, what, Teddy Roosevelt getting shot. Remember when Teddy Roosevelt got popped over there? Yeah, yeah. He was on the back of one of these little train stumps. Mm-hmm. You know, he got that's not happening. No, uh, we'll talk about Hillary Clinton in a second. But she was walking around. I mean, you would have thought that she was Bono, or it was some <laughs> sort of you know Katy Perry trying to go into a fancy restaurant in Los Angeles. Um, the way that the security was surrounding her, it was unbelievable. She was cocooned the same way that. Uh, uh, people were in the matrix as the robots try to suck our energy in our blood. <laughs> yeah. You want to have my energy and blood robot? You're just going to get more tired. <laughs> you kidding me? Come after it. Who wants it? So Walker had to deal with that playing to his strengths of not being concerned about busting the unions and being able to stand up to even the most powerful lobbies. And uh, But it's so interesting that people were actually willing to fight for Scott Walker. Yeah. And, you know, it just make that is exactly what his entire life has been. He's been paying off big, dumb, uh, idiot people, you know, people who are more, um, you know, let's just say they don't like soccer because I need points. You know, and I agree with them on that fact. <laughs> yeah, I got to agree with them, too. But, uh, I mean, it, it's he what he is. Scott Walker is a goon, and he is very good at 
collecting more goons. Well, he's the guy who goes and he he you know pokes the big kid on the shoulder with a stick, and then he runs behind five of his friends, and then the five of his friends are forced to defend Scott Walker, and then he feels like he's the little puppeteer of the dumb masses. Mm. Of course, in reality, he is the puppet, as we were just discussing earlier with the people who truly have the power. It is not Scott Walker, and it never will be. His approval ratings have uh, completely gone downhill. He was number one a month ago, but of course, that's all gone away now because people saw him, and then they heard him talk. <laughs> and those are like the two things that'll just like, that'll destroy any candidate. No, I guess people heard it's like, oh, he hates unions, and uh, he pisses off the left quite a bit, so well, no, he I gives, guess we're going to like him. He gives workers the right to work. Uh-huh. That's what it is. <laughs> Everybody knows it. So, but he has to be in front of all the people there. And then, of course, uh, we're going to talk about Donald Trump a little bit more when Travis Irvine comes here. I watched, I did get to see not Donald Trump's, but one of his nemeses, mainly because it's a woman. And that is Carly Fiorina. 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 And I watched her entire 20 minute stump speech today. It was on One America News, my new favorite network, because it doesn't even try to tell you what the other side thinks. <laughs> One America News? One America. Your news. Your country. Your nation. Your nation. That's what I'm like. I got that. I get that. <laughs> uh, I watched her full 20 minutes. And I'm telling you, dude, she is for real. She's going to be huge. These debates are going to be massive. She could completely, she completely undermine this whole idea that uh, the Republican Party lacks diversity. Every time they cover it, uh, many of these news reporters are like, the one woman in the Republican, uh, you know, um, uh, in the Republican uh, list of candidates. And it's like, there's one, there's two total women. Yeah. And there's two sides. The other yeah. side has one woman, too. Mm-hmm. And she's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, the other know, side Carly- might have two women. I mean, there's uh, somewhat uh, rumblings of Elizabeth Warren joining up with Bernie Sanders. So there might be three in the race here sometime soon. And Elizabeth Warren and Bernie, they cancel each other out. Then Hillary just, what is she playing into, a black hole? What is she going to debate? If Elizabeth Warren and Bernie, that is gonna, you're splitting the baby. If you're Bernie Sanders, I'd put a hit on uh, Elizabeth Warren right now. She can't get in the race. Are you kidding me? Bernie's got this whole thing. He's all worked out. He's getting, he's getting protested on constantly by Black Lives Matter. He's going through the whole gauntlet. Elizabeth can't jump in now. That's pathetic. No, I mean, it's his running mate. It's his running mate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ticket that can't exist. Well, the Carly Fiorina. I mean, I mean, the whole point of picking a we'll get let's get back to the Republicans. But the whole point of picking a running mate is that it's supposed to, um, you know, get get you a constituency that you wouldn't not uh, that you wouldn't have had and make up for either foreign policy or domestic, um, you know, lackings uh, or things like that. So I don't see how Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders joining forces could ever work because she would just yell at him the whole time and then he'd cry. <laughs> Maybe if it was like Warren Sanders. I don't think that Bernie could deal with Elizabeth Warren. You don't think so? How did he deal with the two women? (laughs) In Seattle, when he was supposed to be talking, he had the microphone, and they shook it. They took it. (laughs) They took it from him. And I mean, you're right, though. The optics would have looked very bad. Yeah. Had he not, he was in in a rock rock and a hard place. Absolutely. Well, the thing about Fiorina is uh, she is, you're talking about the powerful people, the CEOs. She is one of those CEOs. She was a failed one. Uh, Oh, which did it fail? Did Hewlett Packard fail under her? Oh, yeah. It did terrible under her. She fired a bunch (laughs) of people and things like that. But it's still, you know, used to her credit. That is is an angle that she can kind of milk. The Donald Trump angle of being an outsider, being being a uh, individual business person, you know, not beholden to corporations um, because, you know, theoretically they are, they are, um, 
the ones who previously financed these corporations, mm-hmm. or in Donald Trump's case, he is the corporation, and I guess in Carly Fiorina's uh, situation, she understands how the corporations work. And so she's coming from a, uh, from an outside perspective, regardless of how her record was when she actually you know, ran um, Hewlett Packard. But uh, that, is, that is the thing that she's kind of getting a lot of a lot of positive press over is being the outsider. And then I do think, you know, despite how uh, so much in the media, so many people in the media want to demonize Republicans for not liking women and things like that, they really just don't like abortion. Mm -hmm. And I always say, if if you're pro-life and you adopt a baby, or if you actually do foster care, you can have that right. But if you don't do either of those things, then you got to shut the fuck up about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, during her stump speech, uh, there at the state fair, she mentioned uh, she was talking about abortions and how there's more black babies aborted in New York City than born, uh, which is very sad. And this is going to get a large applause break from extremely white America. Yeah, because they love, you know, the people in the Midwest, they are nice. They can't, but they are sheltered. And uh, oftentimes that leads to extreme ignorance. And I don't even want to say hatred because it is the definition of ignorance. They don't even, because hatred implies that you understand and you've made a choice. Mm -hmm. Ignorance is just like floating out in the middle of nowhere and be like, I saw, oh man, the way the black, the black jump, I know they (laughs) jump. (laughs) <laughs> that's it. But that's what you. What do you think about black? They jump. They jump. I know they jump higher than me. That's it. But they don't have any sort of idea or understanding that there are different opinions. Also, the mainstream media doesn't, doesn't uh, discuss the differing opinions in uh, in uh, black culture between black people and things mm-hmm. like that. This, this is extremely diverse political thought and extremely diverse uh, circumstances. I just had Nori Davis on the Ben Kissel show. He was talking about having his transgender um, now brother uh, born sister it's you know these you know but it's very rarely talked about in the black community so um so so you know what you have here with carly is when she discusses uh abortion bringing up uh you know black in reality saying something similar to the black lives matter um sentiment Mm -hmm. you know that got a massive applause break so she happens she is pro-life um, and so she obviously she happens to be a woman. It's not like these people don't like female candidates. They really do believe fully in this whole life begins at conception thing. And, you know, regardless of if it's right or what the actual ramifications are in real life, if you would ban abortion, how disgusting that would be. If you think the rats in the alleys are disgusting right now, imagine a small medical practice happening in a cardboard box, <laughs> a bunch of blood everywhere, and you're stepping on fetuses. It's a nightmare. I mean, obviously you need medical facilities for these things. Obviously. Right, because abortion's going to be happening. Yeah, it's going to happen no matter what. And if you outlaw it, then you're just going to kill more women. Hmm. Yeah, because more huh, women are going. Oh, huh? I never thought about it like that. I'm pro-life. <laughs> no, that's obviously a joke. So she did very, very well, though. Mm, nice. So yeah, it, it's an exciting process to see everybody. Ben Carson is out there. He's kind of crushing it. Really, the only person that I think did absolutely awful, other than uh, other than Scott Walker, because there was a mini fight uh, in his, uh, you know, as he was speaking. 
There was a little mosh pit situation. Jeb just can't do it. He can't get along. You know why? He's got the bush hunch. Yeah. He's got the bushes have a hunch. They do have a hunch. And W, just he exaggerated the hell out of that hunch. That, <laughs> he, he felt like that made him more squirrely and ready to go, ready to bounce around whenever. W was always like, you know, he was always ready to just get on a small horse. <laughs> and the smallest of all the horses, because he didn't want to really work, they'd probably kind of lift him up onto yeah. a horse. But he was always ready to do it. Yeah. Looked like he was. And and Bush has the exact same thing. And the the people in Iowa, they are not, they are like uh, elephants, scared of mice, mm-hmm. hate mice, but they also don't forget. And they hate, I do not think they were happy with the Bush administration. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were very happy um, with the Iraq war. And, and Bush is having such a difficult time separating himself from his name. He really can't, but he also can't, uh, you know, bank on it for anything. The, the constituency that he's going to get because he's a Bush they're a bunch of lunatics. Well, there's no way that he can. I mean, he's not even trying, really trying to separate himself from the Iraq he's war. He's in fourth. Because he is, while he's saying, having to say that the Iraq war was a mistake, it's just every candidate has to say, he's still bringing in Paul Wolfowitz. Oh, he loves the wolf. Yeah, who is one of the main architects of the Iraq war. Yeah, don't see him around the full moon. Holy <laughs> Christ. He got that last name for a reason. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, how can you possibly do that? How can you say that, you know, this was a foreign policy? blunder and then bring in one of the architects and yep. also say that it's you the, still uh, depend on your father and your brother's advice that you're going to, to depend on their foreign policy advice if you become president and still say like but no 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 that was a mistake I'll listen to all their stuff except for that one thing it ain't it is not uh, it's not gonna help and of course uh, you know his father HW disagreed with the entire for the majority uh, Disagree with W's entire cabinet. He hated Rumsfeld. He hated Ashcroft. He hated Cheney. He knew all these people from his years back in the CIA, right around when, you know, when he was killing Kennedy. Uh, you know. um, so he knew that. And yeah, for Bush to want to, he tries to separate himself, but you're right. He's surrounding himself with the exact same neocons, the, the same sociopaths that ruined the country in 2001, 2002. And we're still dealing with all those policies today. So he's having a very difficult time getting any sort of footing. He did drink beer, unlike his alcoholic brother so he can still do that that's nice that was very good yeah and he ate a corn dog so we know that he can consume things down his throat you know who can't do corn dogs reptilians so that's a reptilian <laughs> test reptilians they also don't like beer right they right. don't like beer they soda water uh, <laughs> sugar water seltzer yeah 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 so if any politician is drinking sugar water or seltzer that's a reptile mm-hmm. so don't trust it never nonetheless so he's down all the way in the polls he's about five percent now He's looking terrible. He's in fourth place, maybe a little bit above five, maybe eight percent. And uh, he's got—I mean, he's—he's he's right around nine percent. He's actually at nine percent. He's with—he's right around uh, Carson and Walker and this whole second tier uh, people. So he's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's not doing anything. But anyway, there was also some uh, Democrats in town. Of course, Bernie Sanders was there as well, getting some massive crowds. Couldn't get enough of the Iowa in people, and they couldn't get enough of him. Holy hell! It was about 90, 90 degrees there in Iowa, and Bernie Sanders was just sweating. Oh, yeah. it was it was phenomenal. To. Like Chris Christie at a buffet, or Ben Kissel at a buffet. Dare I say? Oh my <laughs> God! I can't stop thinking about a good chocolate fountain from Old Country Buffet. And I would go, and I would get the old. I when I would I would dip a marshmallow. I, I can't stop thinking about marshmallows yeah, you're today. You're in it today. Mm, love marshmallows. <laughs> love marshmallows. And I would dip it in there, but everyone else has done, been doing it. 
Everyone else has been dipping their marshmallow in the chocolate fountain. Right, right. Fingernails. Uh huh. You imagine what's in there? Oh, fingernails. Sweat. <laughs> sweat. Like Bernie Sanders had covering his. He was covered in sweat. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. Something about a man covered in sweat just makes it look like he can't be trusted with the bomb. Like, uh, well, talking about Nixon, man. Nixon versus Nixon versus Kennedy. Remember, that was Mm -hmm. one of the big thing that what changed politics forever was uh, Nixon and Kennedy, the very first televised debate. And the people that listened to it on the radio thought that Nixon won. But the people who watched it on TV Mm -hmm. saw Nixon sweating, said that he looked untrustworthy Mm -hmm. and said that Kennedy won the debate. That's right. Meanwhile, Kennedy was more hopped up on drugs uh, and pain pills than Rick Rick Perry was in 2012. Loved amphetamines. Oh, my God. He couldn't get enough of this stuff. Yeah. I love him. I love him for that reason alone. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. Kennedys are fine. Um, I don't like the Kennedys. Can I say that? <laughs> you, know they, you know they had a dumb Kennedy. No, yeah. They, had, uh, they kept her in the basement. Yeah. That's, that's true. true. Yeah, it's true. Huh. <laughs> Political families, huh? <laughs> so Bernie, he was out there sweating. Sweating profusely, much like Richard Milhouse Nixon was during those televised debates. But he was typical Bernie. He was classic Bernie. He get, he gets people to believe his message. And uh, people think the same way, and we're going to talk about a little bit when Travis gets here, the comparisons between Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, not so much from a, pal- a policy perspective, but from a fan perspective yeah. from potential voters they both have the exact same thing very similar to something like rush limbaugh and howard stern and what is that i want to hear what they're going to say next mm-hmm. and i feel like they're telling the truth i feel like they're being honest and i feel like i can be- I-, I believe them mm-hmm. and you know that believability that honesty is something that Har- uh, hillary clinton is currently her disapproval ratings are uh, mid 50s now sometimes uh um, early 60s, 61, 62%. And people just do not trust her. They do not believe her. And whoever is writing for her, whoever is creating the jokes that Hillary Clinton is supposed to be delivering on the stump, mm. please just go back to your job at late night with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> because it is just not, they are not good. Yeah, not they are that. terrible. Go back and write for the dinosaur that is late night television. Leave the presidential candidate alone because you are destroying her entire chance of being the first female president who had a husband who was also president who then cheated on her in the White House. And, of course, that's what we're talking about here. Everybody knows we want the first female president who was the wife of a president and that president cheated on her in the White House. President. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. God damn it! When we're talking about change. Well, you bring up some. Uh, you bring up a real good point there, saying the people that are writing jokes for Hillary, no one's writing jokes for Bernie Sanders. No one's writing anything no. for Trump because there's zero calculation there. And that's what people don't like well, about Hillary Clinton is that, it, and also Jeb Bush, I think as well, is that there is so much calculation behind every single one of their statements because they're political dynasties. That's well, because the truth is maniacal. The truth is. You know, Hillary Clinton's husband hangs out with a bunch of pedophiles. Her, The Clinton Foundation received millions of dollars from countries like Saudi Arabia who cut off women's clits, who don't allow females to drive, who still have uh, – they have – uh, zones where you have, if you're driving, you get pulled over and they ask you if you're Muslim. If you're not Muslim, you can't drive there. These sort of uh, very strict, uh, Saman or Bobby talks about it whenever yeah. he comes on on occasion. Yeah, they execute uh, people for witchcraft in Saudi Arabia. Which is good. I mean, you know, you gotta kill the witches. I've seen movies. I understand how witches work. Right, right, right. I know what a coven right. can do. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's very dangerous. Yeah. 
You know, but of course, what can she do? She can't tell the truth. Yeah. What is she supposed to tell these people? She hasn't lived a normal life in 35 years, mm-hmm. if not even more, not to mention the cover-ups. And of course, the email scandal that's happening now that's been going on for four months, it could have been done in three hours if they would have just given over the servers. Of course, Trey Gallion is the guy. No, not, is it Trey? No, Trey not, Gallion's a friend of ours. Yeah, Trey Gallion is a friend. It's <laughs> Trey Gowdy. Trey, Trey Gowdy. Trey Ga- Trey Gallion, Google him. He's a great comedian. He's got a funny comedy album. I believe it's called The Chronic 420. I think so. Something like that. Um, but, I, uh, you know, Google uh, Trey Gallion. Very, very funny guy. Trey Gowdy. He was the one leading to go back to what we were discussing with witches, the witch hunt. And to some degree, it is a witch hunt um, because Hillary's a witch. Um, and they're hunting her. So, you know, all they have to do is hand over these emails immediately. Uh, and, and instead of four months later handing them over a hard drive that was completely scrubbed, yeah, everything is erased. Why? I just don't understand how. So now the FBI has uh, they've tagged over three hundred emails that are potentially confidential. You know, and she's just talking. Hillary is talking about how you know it's just most of the emails are just about wedding plans and uh, you know arranging bills, prostitutes, and um, <laughs> you know it's just it's just such everybody knows that she has been in control in a powerful position for the majority of our lifetime yeah we know your emails aren't about chelsea's wedding yeah it's not you didn't do shit for chelsea's wedding (laughs) and you know for a fact there was a poor unpaid intern who was in charge of licking all those envelopes and probably died like george costanza's wife from (laughs) seinfeld of envelope poisoning (laughs) So that's the problem with Hillary. And then she's on the stump speech. She's in Iowa. People who pride themselves on seeing people for who they really are, which, again, is not real. They're the Miss Cleos of, of, uh, of the political voter, uh, yeah. of the voters. You know, they pretend as if they can see the future and if they can see inside of the heart of the uh, candidate speaking in front of them like W. Bush could see into the soul of Vladimir Putin when he went to meet him for the first time in 2002. Yeah. And you imagine how Vladimir laughed when he heard that oh Oh, he looked into my soul good god it's amazing so she's on the stump and she's talking about snapchat because hillary clinton is now doing snapchat because of course she would i hate snapchat i'm against snapchat i'll never understand why it exists there was a situation ladies and gentlemen the people that listen to this show our fans are very nice yeah and occasionally i'll get some tasteful pictures Yes. And they are beautiful women. <laughs> Just the most beautiful women. And I had one gal send me them over Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And I so I downloaded it, and I was like, oh, I'm so excited to see these for educational reasons. Yeah. Uh, I will always love to learn about people. And uh, sometimes <laughs> they have... They, you they, like they, to learn about people, huh? Yeah. What are you learning, Ben? <laughs> well, <laughs> you never know what a person... Is, you know, what their, what's their diet? You know, you're always trying to learn something. What they're eating. And um, so this chick sent me all these Snapchats, and I looked at all of them really quickly just to make sure I got them. Mm-hmm. And then I went back, and they were all gone. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> what, why would it erase? It doesn't matter. It's the whole point of Snapchat. I hate it. 
You know, I was talking to my friend earlier about you know technology and how things change and how we're dealing, and we're going to get into Donald Trump a little bit in the uh, in a moment here. But you know, if you would have told somebody 15 years from now, there's going to be an app that you take a picture and send it to somebody, and that picture uh, you know erases in 24 hours as if it's, it's Marty McFly's family from Back to the Future. You that person would look at you like, why? Why? I'm sending a picture. I, I why would I want that erased? You know, there's an app called Yo where you just send someone the word Yo. And then they send it back to you. That makes more sense to me <laughs> than the erasing picture. You know? So if you would tell somebody that 15 years ago, they'd be like, that is the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. And, but then, of course, what happens? Anthony Weiner found out Snapchat's better to send things on than Twitter. Yes, it is. The dick pic mm-hmm. is the reason that Snapchat exists. Yeah. It's because people send something when they're drunk and they wake up and they're like, oh, my God. I hope that's off the internet forever. And it is. And it can be. So Hillary Clinton is talking in front of all these large people in Iowa. And they are, everyone is sweating in this Coliseum. And they're eating, oh, the big corn dogs. And you dip it in ketchup. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little spicy relish. Can't get in that for... Marcus, I we, know you're tired. All right, okay, move all right, on. all right. <laughs> I love those corn dogs. I know, so, I love corn they're dogs a too. Long. <laughs> I, I wasn't even worried. This is a politics show. This isn't a corn dog show. Huh? <laughs> we're gonna, gonna do a different show. <laughs> Marcus oh. Parks and Ben Kissel. We're talking corn dogs. <laughs> talking corn dogs. God damn, love those corn dogs. I love corn dogs. And that's been another episode of Ben Kissel and Marcus Parks talking corn dog. Next up, State Fair corn dogs. Are they worth it? The answer is yes. We don't have got to do the episode. <laughs> that's all good. So she tells a joke. The thing about Snapchat that I love the most is you don't even have to erase the messages. It does it for you. And then everyone's like, hmm. man, we so want to like you. <laughs> but we hate you. But now wish we you, hate you. Wish we didn't hate you. It was a joke so bad the fat Jewish went to be even stolen. Uh, Hello, timely joke. Uh, let's bring Travis in. All right, everyone. All right, let's bring our guest in. Travis Irvine is going to be joining us right now. Now we're good. Travis talking to the microphone. Check, check, check. I am on a plane. Alien crossing. Alien crossing. Mm, that's my mug. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Alien crossing? Yeah, right here. Boop. Oh. Alien crossing, yeah. <laughs> what kind of aliens? I, ex- uh, I actually, I buy coffee every day from the store, and then when I get to work, I pour the coffee into my uh, alien crossing mug uh-huh. from the International UFO Museum and Research Center in Roswell, New Mexico, because coffee's always a lot more fun when you're drinking from an alien. Uh, I thought you were going to say drinking alone. <laughs> That's for sure. All right, everyone. We got guest Travis Irvine in studio with... Ben Kitzel and Marcus Parks. Mm. Isn't that fun? Thanks so much for being here, Travis. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, we we have not yet really discussed Team Trump, Donald Trump, Iowa State Fair, coming down in a helicopter like a superhero and giving children free helicopter rides like the greatest grandfather on the face of the planet. Every single kid got a free helicopter. Whoever, <laughs> Yes, a free helicopter yeah. and a hotel. Uh-huh. That's what happens when you're Team Trump. So you have a long history of working with Donald Trump's former, he does, Marcus. No, I know, I know, I know. I just wanted to make sure that we did not gloss over the fact that Donald Trump told a little boy that he was Batman. That Donald Trump was Batman? Yeah, Donald Trump told a little boy while on a helicopter ride that Donald Trump said, I'm Batman. Oh, I kind of believe him. I believe it. I believe it. Or at least at some point he was Batman. You know what I mean? If Batman hated illegal immigrants... Donald Trump's Batman. Yeah, yeah, who's somebody's got to kick him out. Well, and Donald Trump will do it. We'll talk about his immigration plan. He finally, he finally. uh, That's his immigration plan. I'm Batman. That's pretty much it. (laughs) The little kid said, "Mr. Trump," and he said, "Yes." 
And the kid said, are you Batman? And he said, I am Batman. Yes. Donald Trump can't tell a lie. Yeah. So, and, then, and then he got in the cannot, helicopter, yeah. roared away. Wow. That was the last thing he said. I am Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> that kid is going to be really confused when You're he goes flying. to see the next Batman movie with Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah. That's not Batman at all. Batman's kind of a pudgy 73-year-old white dude. <laughs> not 73. Is he 73? No, I think he's 69. Okay, good. But either way, so you used to work uh, very closely with Roger Stone. Stone, mm-hmm. who was the former campaign manager for Donald Trump. Not campaign d- manager, top campaign advisor. Top campaign advisor for the Trumpster. Something happened after the first debate. Roger Stone, according to Roger Stone, resigned. According to Donald Trump, was fired. Nonetheless, it doesn't matter. Roger Stone is still on Team Trump. And you had an opportunity to watch the first debate with Roger Stone, who worked with Richard Nixon, who mm-hmm. worked in a whole series of other political campaigns, a very successful, famous um, political or, uh, strategist in his own right. When you watched that first debate with Roger Stone, what was the inside reaction to how Donald Trump was performing? Because to say the least, it was non-traditional politician speak. Oh, my God. So untraditional. That's part of the the best part about Trump, according to Roger, is that he's completely unscripted. But that's also part of the problem is that Roger Stone, you know, the morning of the debate, uh, August 6th, uh, the team briefed Trump. This is what you're going to be asked. This is when they're probably going to ask it. <clears throat> they're going to ask about third party stuff. Roger knew all of this stuff. The problem with Trump is that you can't exactly tell him what to say. You can right. give him a ballpark. You can prepare him as much as you want, but he's just going to go unhinged. But that's also what Roger loves about Trump. So uh, when we watched that first debate, it was me and Roger. Hanging out like old times, like we used to do on the Gary Johnson campaign. Gary Johnson, the former libertarian candidate for president, I believe uh, he came out as gay, uh, right? Gary? Gary Johnson? I did. No, he got married. He got married. Okay, he came out as married. (laughs) Different then. Different. I'm pretty sure. Wrong guy. Um, You're thinking of Gay Johnson. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. uh, anyway, so Roger, uh, where the hell was I? So you're watching the debates with Roger Stone, and he's pulling out the little hair he has left because Donald Trump isn't saying any of the lines that Roger Stone had prepped okay, him right. to say. So Roger thinks that Donald's, what, losing his mind up no, there. No, no, because uh, Roger and I were at his very nice uh, conservative apartment. It's got pictures of Nixon and Goldwater and Reagan all over the place, oh. as well as... Uh, uh, weird naked dildo pictures. All right. Over so the place. if you're a lady, I am posing. I am, He's a libertarian and a libertine. I, I mean, am the man po- is. Right. I am posing this question to our female listeners. You walk into Roger Stone's apartment. It has dildo things all over the place and pictures of Nixon. Is that more terrifying than walking into a dorm room that has a knife above the bed? <laughs> I don't know. Some people find it charming. Uh, <laughs> Anyways. And they are paid yeah. to be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah none right. says charm like a picture of Barry Goldwater. <laughs> oh, I love it. So you're watching the debate. So we're watching it, but we're watching with this Vice reporter, uh, this gal, Grace Weiler from Vice, who's okay. doing an article about Roger. So Roger and I are on our best behavior. We we um, we engage in debauchery. Okay, so great. you're having a good time. You're stoned. You're We're watching the Trumpster. Great. Yeah, because we knew uh, it was just going to be me feeding jokes to Roger and Roger feeding jokes to Team Trump because right. Roger is working for Team Trump and as of point, that debate. He was running the Twitter. He was he was uh, contributing to the Twitter. Somebody, but if you watch Donald Trump's Twitter, he didn't tweet the entire time, which was another mistake on Team Trump's mm-hmm. part. 
in addition, not listening to everything Roger said that night. Now, <clears throat> as soon as the vice reporter leaves, Roger opens up to me. We de- engage in more debauchery, and he goes on a rant about how Trump did none of the things <laughs> that he told him to do. So now, what did Roger Stone want Donald Trump to do? Because I was watching that debate. Right. I, want, I had to watch it 24 because hours later. Trump did great, but he also didn't knock it out of the park. That's what. That's the conclusion, Roger, and I. that's why I yelled at Roger. I was like, Roger, right, so calm what are the, down. What are the he things that great, you wanted he him sucked. to do? What did you want him to do? One of the main things that he wanted him to do was, A, nail the third-party question, but say, if I'm not treated with respect, here in the Republican Party, I will use my billionaire and celebrity status as leverage to run as a third party. That's, okay. that's 100%. It kind of went that way. Yeah, but, a little bit muddled. But though. it was the first question right out of the gate, so everyone could turn on him right away. But I, th- I still think he nailed it. Then Megyn Kelly threw him the, the women question. I thought he nailed it again with the Rosie O'Donnell response. It, anything he said after that did not matter because he nailed that gold, that gold nugget. Of I mean, what does that say about Rosie O'Donnell when I think the vast majority of public opinion is on Trump's side? <laughs> like, yeah, she exactly. is a big fat pig. Right. Fuck her. <laughs> I mean, it's re- everyone was sitting at home saying that thing about Rosie, the and there was a time Cleveland. <laughs> everyone in Cleveland was just like, "That's a good line." Yeah. At the very least, everyone watching went, <laughs> "Like you didn't even have to. You didn't have yeah. to laugh or like just." Oh, like, my God. I, I oh my, that, there was more husbands' thighs slapped that night by wives <laughs> in the country, yeah. in, in the history of the world. Yeah. So many wives hit their husbands' thighs. Woo. Enough of that. Jerry, do flapper. not. Do not. Well, you it's, kind of, it's kind of funny, though, honey. Carl. No more anal. <laughs> it's all done. Uh, nobody's, nobody's getting anal anymore. Anyway, I also had a buddy working in the press corps there in Cleveland, and he said the, the press room blew up at the Rosie O'Donnell line, too. Just right. like, oh, I can't believe he went there. But okay, he did. Right. Team Trump. Right. So, so you just kind of can't believe it. And that's another great thing about Trump. The rules don't apply. So what is the- He can in- say shit like that right. and, and carry on. Well, they call him the Teflon Don for a reason. What is the truth? Let's just get to the truth about who fired who. Oh, okay. Did Roger Stone quit the Trump campaign? I believe it was, this was a mutual thing. So my timeline was uh, left Roger's apartment on Thursday after the debate, good and debauchered, uh, very pumped about Team Trump. Went to Denver the next day, was in an art gallery talking to a bunch of hipsters about Team Trump, why Trump is the choice to break the two-party system. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get the Republican nomination, he will run against Bush v. Clinton. He will mm-hmm. run against whoever he is. You know, this was another, honestly, this was the thing Roger wanted him to uh, emphasize in the debates, which he kind of touched on. In the debates, he's like, I give... I give money to these people. Right. His point should have been, I am the money guy. All of these other politicians are controlled by a billionaire. They're all puppets. I am the billionaire. I am rolling up my sleeves right. and doing it myself so we can make America great again. <laughs> make America great again. He's the puppeteer. And we talked about that a little bit on last episode. Exactly. We had Kat Timfon. Yes. We were discussing that as well. He's He is the man who buys and sells mm. uh, as opposed to being the politician who he's, is bought and sold. Jesus Christ. He's right. still the problem, though. Yes. You guys right. are he's listening the to problem. me. He's, he's the problem. He's the solution. He's the problem. He's the problem. Uh, he's the solution. He's not a he's solution. The problem. He's, he's the solution. <laughs> he is the problem and the solution. No, he's not the he's solution. A, he's like alcohol. He's, okay, Marcus, have your rational thoughts over there, but when you have him, turn the microphone off. We're trying to have a Team Trump conversation. 
Good he's, God. Don't bring up the, the legitimate fact that Donald Trump is the reason American politics have failed uh, probably for about 50 years. Um, but anyway, so uh, so you believe it was a mutual situation I between it was Donald mutual. and Roger. But- it wasn't even Donald. It's other people on Donald's campaign. Roger is an expert at what he does. And you can see in the in the way that he handled this this past week. Um, the, his his media blitz, right? You know, um, so I leave Roger's place on Thursday, talking up Team Trump Friday in Denver. I wake up Saturday. Um, I sent Roger text, be like, "Yo, Trump is crushing in Denver." Uh, emoji, emoji, and right. then um, and then Roger texts me back the next morning saying, "Trump is imploding. This shit is done." I even I could pull him up here, but um, and he sent me the Megyn Kelly stuff. Right, that was the weekend of the Megyn Kelly stuff. Now, amidst the Megyn Kelly stuff, which was all over the news, huge. Then it seeps in that Roger Stone has either been fired or he left the campaign. I think what happened was some people muscled out Roger. May, I don't know who thought of the Megyn Kelly um, uh, joke. I will say that when I left Roger on Thursday, he was thinking real hard of, of trying to think of a Megyn Kelly joke. Okay. Um, but and I most don't of the know jokes if, that Roger has were either too racist or too sexist to tweet out. Right. Yes. I wouldn't <laughs> say that's accurate. Okay. God bless him. He's a great man. Um, and so, uh, so the whole thing starts imploding over the Megyn Kelly stuff. And then, and then I think it was a mutual, somebody won Roger out and Roger's like, well, if I'm going out, you know, I'm taking, I don't know what he's taking with me. He's taken, he, he, he created the resignation letter. Maybe he did it. I'm going to go ahead and vouch for my, my former boss here and say that he probably resigned. He knows what he's doing. So when he probably even sensed that he was getting fired, he prepared the letter. He told his friends that he's leaving. And then as you can see from the past. Week he has been on CNN, Bloomberg, MSNBC, well, this is the thing. Fox News, all over, basically talking about how he did quit. But you saw over the course of the week the message changed that he's still a Trump supporter. Team you know, Trump. He started out by saying I fired Trump. Now he's still saying Trump is the only way right. for this election for this corrupt so political what system is to be fixed. The Roger Stone endgame. What do you think from a strategic point of view? It's great. Nobody knows. No one knows right. what's going through Roger's brain at any given time. Well, what he told the Daily Beast, this is on uh, August 10th, he told them pretty much the same thing that you just did. He said that he wasn't fired and he, he quit because he felt like he was having no impact on the direction of the campaign. Right, and then and then what's amazing about this is over the course of the past week, from not being on the campaign, he's actually had more effect on the direction of the campaign. He's managed to right. save his own tail as well as Trump's. No one's talking about the Megyn Kelly stuff anymore. So, We've already moved on. Right. And he's also dictating to Politico experts on all the major news networks what Trump's campaign should be. And he's making perfect sense. So anybody with a brain on Trump's campaign should be watching Roger doing his thing saying, well, if we don't get Roger back, let's just do what he's saying. Right. To do. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, Donald Trump is just doing the old, uh, well, you thought that sentence was ridiculous. I'm going to say something more ridiculous. And I'm Batman. That last sentence, <laughs> and now I'm Batman. Oh, I'm, I'm Batman. Batman. I am Batman. I love it. He I was mean, talking about many? Megyn Kelly bleeding from his whatever. <laughs> bleeding from, from her whatever. Now he's claiming to be Bruce Wayne. Blood from her wherever. I'm Batman. Whatever. Now he's Batman, so it's like, you know, what's bigger than what? The rules don't apply to Trump. So what? So Roger Stone is all over the news right now. He's coming out totally Team Trump. 
Trump. Yeah, but not, at what the, the same hell? Time, not but what would be the him. what would be the motivation for Roger Stone then? Just to get the press? Is he just trying to ride the coattails of the Trump wave right now? That's a great question. I I do think it comes down to a personal. You know, if you had a falling a very public falling out with someone who actually is a personal friend, but you were working for them, right? I think that is what you. Know, I mean, <clears throat> Roger said this on all his interviews. He's been he was at both of Trump's parents' funerals. He was at two of Trump's weddings. Uh, they've been friends for 35 years working in politics. Mm-hmm. They met on the Reagan campaign in 80. Um, Trump uh, gave his plane to the Reagan campaign to fly their signatures to Albany. From he New gave York his plane, City. huh? Mm-hmm. huh. This I is just it. a long history of, 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 and I would even say weird friendship, because when you look at their quotes about each other, like Donald Trump it, it, you know, will openly say, oh, I barely know that guy. I barely know Roger Stone. Never, I never, who is he? <laughs> you know? Like he'll say things like that, but I mean, they're obviously... They've worked together for years. Very close friends, you would so say. So I do think, I do wonder how much of that is just Donald Trump just kind of fucking with everyone because he can. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. He's so, the solution. Let's go back. We were talking about Iowa in the and first the problem. <laughs> yeah, well, he's more. Just, and the solution. Just the, just the problem. It's kind of difficult to get behind him. And the solution. Yeah. And the problem. Where is my jelly? Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. It's kind of difficult to get behind his immigration policies, but we're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah, Let's... Chuck Todd was really giving him some Chuck... trouble over that. Yeah. It was just like literally everything you're saying is impossible. Chuck Todd and has then, two uh, first names. And then did you it just that? doesn't matter. I love that clip where Trump's just like, Chuck, Chuck, no, listen, in four years, you're going you're gonna to be saying, wow. Wow. <laughs> Mr. What President a great Trump. job, President Trump, <laughs> what a you great have job. done. Yes, he did say that. It, yeah. I believe he was on the Trump plane he when he said that. Plane. <laughs> I mean, it's really phenomenal. Yeah, a lot, the cleaner, ego of this lot man. cleaner than the Huckabee plane. Much. <laughs> oh, my God. The so Huckabee plane is out. just full of hush puppies and uh, <laughs> random Frito-Lay wrappers and a whole series of Diet Coke because Mike's on a diet. <laughs> God knows he's one of those guys who will slam three Whoppers down his big old gullet and then be like, oh, large Diet Coke, please. I had a coach in high school, Coach Haka, and with a name like that, you got to be big. And uh, he would only, that's Haka all he did. Haka. His Haka name was B? Coach Haka was his name. And all he did was slam Diet Cokes and wonder why he was morbidly obese. Uh. I believe he has diabetes and has lost a couple of toes. Okay. So you never know. Don't yeah. drink Diet Coke. If you want a Coke, have a Coke and just have one. 12-ouncer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, Donald Trump, I mean, this. Uh, I'm, I'm reading a bit of his exchange with Chuck Todd here, and this is why he's so good at being president or being a presidential candidate. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It, you, you did. You let it slip. Bit of a there Freudian was a Freudian slip, slip right, on Fox News today as well. I kind of want him to be president. <laughs> Everyone I, wants I him to be president. I kind of want him to be That's president. That's the thing. We all do. What would happen? What would, I, I mean, we're going to talk about what's going to happen with his immigration policy, which he laid out today, yeah. which is one of the most aggressive and <laughs> would uproot millions and millions and millions of families. Oh, yeah. they got to go. And that's what I'm talking about. That's they what I was about go. to talk about is that, yeah. you know, his Let's whole new policy about. is, you know, that you, if you're born on the soil, you no longer have American citizenship. He wants to get rid of birthright. And he, he said, yeah, he wants to get rid of birthright. And he said, they have to go. He said, they have to go. Chuck, we either have a country. Oh, we don't have a country. And then Chuck says, <laughs> and then Chuck says, you're going to be breaking up families. He's like, no, no, no. The families are together. Yeah. <laughs> he, said, go. he said, we're going to, hey, we're going to keep the families together, but they have to go. Yeah. Which <laughs> is go. like, it keep- does sound uh, <laughs> a little bit, and I hate to use, you know, but hey, put them on trains. What do you <laughs> want to do? I mean, it's like when he said that though. Train, Chuck, Chuck, train, train. Do you remember when Alien Gonzalez 
was in uh, was in Miami. Yeah, and Q, though, yeah, and, yeah. And they wanted to bring him back to Cuba. Alien, I remember that? Alien Gonzalez? No, Alien. 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 A wonderful, adorable kid who should have been able to live in this country. I, I'm totally against Trump on his immigration policy. I think what a lot of people believe is what I believe. Uh, I just don't think that's not real. I'm just going to say it's not real. Yeah. It's like when Hillary's like, everyone's going to get free college Free automobiles, and I'm gonna buy them one of a house, a uh, half of a house. Hella, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like no, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, Bernie's doing a lot of the same thing, right? So. And we're gonna talk about Bernie versus Trump and the comparison between the two, which oh, I think is super baby. interesting, also. So, with his immigration policy that he just came out with, it's if if I believed that that was actually a possibility, he does seem like the worst presidential candidate in the history of the country, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this man, has there ever been a more hawkish immigration policy oh that you God. can think of? I, I mean, you have somebody like, even W, you know, uh, he got 44% of the Hispanic vote when he, yeah. was, when he ran in 2000. Of course, he was the governor of Texas. Yeah, yeah and, and, and then of course, Jeb, you know, the other, the other Bush, uh, he's got, uh, he's got uh, Columba. His beautiful wife. I was on Red Eye and I made a funny joke about how she's the female Columbo and she's going to solve all the country's <laughs> mysteries. Man, to that crush basic cable. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I got so many it. people love loved that. I love Peter Falk. Good yeah. Peter Falk right uh, Just one more, just one more thing. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and another thing. <laughs> oh, oh, you said you were. Uh... <laughs> You were eating lunch, but we checked. <laughs> and there's no lunch around here for miles. <laughs> That's it. There's, that, no, there's, there's no lunch. <laughs> so just can't. Ah, uh, it must be nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he just talks to the bad guy the whole show. Yeah, yeah. I love. Yeah, if you have, if you haven't watched an episode of Columbo, do yourself a favor. Sit down with a twelve pack of beer and eighth of weed and just burn through the whole series and never watch Monk. No, that's such a ripoff it's show. It's a joke, That's the theme song. That's all I know. <laughs> to to Monk? Monk, yeah, was that a Randy Newman yeah, it's song? A Randy yeah. Newman song. <laughs> it's a jungle out there. You say I'm crazy? Ooh. <laughs> Randy Newman is the most confusing. We'll get back to Trump, but really quickly on Randy Newman, the most confusing artist of all time. He said the N word about a thousand times in one song. Well, I mean, Every and then song. he has another song Every called song. "Short People." You got to pass though. Kind of. He gets passes. He got a bunch of them. Yeah. And then he's got a song called Short People, which is really just a song that, you know, would be about if it was any other group, it would just be used by. Genocidal. Yes. Yeah. It's, oh the, it's like anti gay. It's like uh, the T- Chichimon song in yeah, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop yeah. on the Chichimon. Of course, Chichimon is, uh, means gay person in Jamaica, and everyone in the United States loved that song. Oh and a lot God. of gay people were ironically dancing to it where they were tripping nuts at dance clubs um, looking at laser lights. They had yeah. no idea. It had a negative message. It really did. Wow. Wow. So Randy Newman. Yeah. Huh. He just got away with all of it. He's got and you know away. who else is getting away with all of it is Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> which is so interesting. So he, we have the immigration policy. Now, what do you, what, what's, he, what's he playing to here? You know, like, I mean, as that far Republican as. Republican base. No, but you, it's you not saw, just the Republican base. Worked. It already it's, worked. It is okay. It is a. It is a. It is a base. I don't even know if it's a Republican base. Uh, it's obviously not a super base. Racist base. Racist base. But what? Racist but what base. is I think he, But the, why is that happening right now? How can that tough rhetoric about I immigration? Know. I don't know, Ben. Why, that, that's I, the boggling thing. I, Rules don't apply to Trump. He no, came out and said, from the perspective, his exact words in his announcement speech were Mexican. They are rapists, murderers. 
And I'm sure some are good people. Yeah. <laughs> well, what he okay, what he has hit here is that he has hit a Republican base issue. The Republican base, the the very hardcore ones, they have a few issues. They don't like illegal immigrants, they don't like gay people, mm-hmm. they don't they hate abortion. Uh they're those two but gay people and abortion is two very hot button issues, two things that you don't want to become embroiled with right now. But illegal immigration, right. you can ch- that is the safe that's the safe choice among yeah. all of the crazy republican base ideas illegal immigration is the safest, the safest choice out of all of them i agree it's 100%. the least it's the least offensive one yeah. so it's the it is the version it is the at rights, least to the american public it's it is, the least offensive it is the rights version of the 1% it's the rights version of what's causing all the problems. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Yes, yeah, You figure yeah. 11 million people. Well, it's the 1% version of <laughs> what's causing all the problems. Right. Seeing that Donald Trump is. But you have somebody like Donald Trump who employs thousands of, I'm sure, not all documented immigrant first-generation laborers. Well, some of them are good people. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> it just seems to me like, is this, do you think he's getting away with it for now? And obviously, I think in a general election, if he ever would make it that far, he would have to come to the middle on a situation like this. Yeah. I mean, what would be – is this the thing that's going to end up sinking mm. the entire Team Trump? Because no, this is the no, only no. area – this is really, really the only it. thing that I, that I absolutely disagree with, I despise. I feel like immigrants are what made this country. Uh, I'm a first generation myself. My father is an immigrant from Germany. You know, the country is full of immigrants. And the major legal. problem is – Did he come here legal? He married a woman in North Dakota. That's legal. So that became <laughs> legal. legal. He, it would have been illegal. Not under, were, not under Donald Trump's presidency. That will become illegal. Not you cannot every, marry an American I, I, if you yeah, are an immigrant. Like, under Trump, am I an American? <laughs> Were I'm you, a dual. Were you born here? I was. Yeah, but he of wants course, to get you're rid white. Of, that's he, that's what it's all about. It's not about yeah. immigrants. It's, it's about brown people. It's just about yep. the whiteness. That's that's all. It, that's all. It's all coded language. You know, <laughs> he says illegal immigrants. What he's telling the base is that like, yeah, brown people make you feel a little weird, they right? Feel, yeah, yeah. The woo, woo. I don't. Wow, <laughs> Donald. Why? Why do I? Whoa. <laughs> They just don't like it. It's a. It's a. Right. It, that's that's what the whole thing is code for, right? I. Oof. Okay. But of course, the immigration yeah. problem is a real problem, and I do think we have to take. You know, we do have to address it at some point. And I think you know that's the one. He is the one candidate who is fully addressing it, and he's sinking every other candidate who refuses to stand up to him, which is also so funny. Scott right. Walker, for example, just like. Tied his, uh, you know, tied his rope right to the Trump immigration boat. He mm-hmm. can't get in. He's like, I'm just with Donald Trump. It's mm-hmm. very difficult for these people to stand out. Carly Fiorina. 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 Yeah. Hey, hey, she, she is standing up a little bit when it comes to the immigration and things like that. But she's really the only one. Well, Jeb Bush is terrified. He tries to talk about it, but the guy can't get any fo- footing yeah. whatsoever because his family has mur- murdered more people uh, than, uh, you know, uh, bad tuna. And uh, God knows tuna kills thousands of people every year, and we're not talking about it. But, you know, it's like insane. Yeah, no, this entire thing, Trump is just, he's, he's like, a, he's like a, a, one of those paint bombs where he just, he threw himself in there and he got paint on everybody. And now they all have to, they have to follow his lead. People have to talk about what Trump started talking about because what he was talking about resonated with everyone else. Another fascinating thing that Rogers pointed out 
is that on the GOP side especially, and you're right, first of all, Rand Paul was the guy who started yelling at Trump immediately on that first question. And look Fox where Rand Paul is and now. And Rand Paul has been dropping in the polls He's six like feet a under. sack He's, of poopy poop. He's the, the political equivalent of Jimmy Hoffa. He's all cut up and buried beneath Yankee Stadium or something <laughs> like that. I mean, his political career right. is completely done. Well, it's not completely done, but... He's got no chance. It, it is, Why can't Trump person- has already called also for someone to run against Rand Paul in Kentucky for Senate. Oh, so okay. Trump, Trump's like, yeah, Trump. And Trump, oh, man, God, Trump ripped so Trump on Rand t- Paul so good throughout that debate. Like when Rand Paul was trying to talk over Trump again, Trump was like, yeah, you're not having a very good night, are you? I mean, that was another just great, right. uh, uh, like, unscripted Trump moment. So you're absolutely right. People who attack Trump end up going down. So you got all these Republican governors, these actual guys, these politicians with careers who, I don't know, could have maybe been a, an okay president right uh at some point but they're, they're all curtailing to trump trump is is leading this thing mm-hmm. yep. who's the happiest person right now in the world is it is it the clintons or is it the trumps oh the clintons oh, are no, the i feel like yeah, the clintons the are the ones who are just crushing this entire thing no, it's the only thing that's giving mm-hmm. hillary any sort of life i hate hillary clinton i don't think hillary she's gonna get the is nomination. not gonna, the, she's she will a criminal not. this thing's criminal the email stuff i think is right. gonna doom her the poor woman i feel bad for her she's very ambitious you don't have to feel bad for her she's I a don't. terrible tyrant she's a terrible tyrant and uh well no but i understand she was just an ambitious person she's not gonna get what she wants she didn't get it eight years ago she's not gonna get it now um. Yeah, that's the way it goes. You know, right. but I feel like Trump has tried to help out as much as as much as possible. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, he's I, done all you, he can. Who's more surprised, Donald Trump or all of us? I don't think that Donald Trump thought it was going to be going this well. I really don't. <laughs> There's no way. So you're saying it started off as a lark and now it's something real? It's like that Waylon Jennings lyric where it's all you know. Uh, don't you think this outlaw thing's thing. gone? <laughs> done got out of hand. Donald Trump was just like, yeah. no, I wasn't really running. I'm, it's is Donald Trump Bullworth or Bob Roberts? Oh, Oof. Bob Roberts. Bob Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. For those that Bullworth. don't know the reference, Bullworth was the great movie starring uh, Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty and Bob Roberts Such was with the movie. liberal fella uh, Tim Tim Robbins. Robbins. Mm. And Tim Robbins played a character where he played the guitar. He was very very good. And then nothing, just the most hate filled, vile, very similar to Trump's uh, immigration policy. And I hate to shit on Team Trump. I am not shitting on the entire thing. I just <laughs> think his immigration policy. I just can't get behind yeah. because I have a soul and I of, love barbacks. I mean. It it is kind of the cornerstone of his entire campaign. That's okay, Marcus. It's not. <laughs> Team Trump and Make America Great Again is make the cornerstone. Again. I can't wait for my hat. <laughs> Travis and I ordered hats. I know. You, you mentioned did. that. You mentioned yes. that. Oh, I'm so, so excited for that hat. But what is it, though? What do you think? Is it a Bullworth situation? I mean, because both of these no. people, and let's talk about Bernie he's Sanders. he's an outsider. Trump's an outsider. Bullworth was an insider who turned out. Uh, uh, Trump is an outsider. That's why people like him. And again, as, as Stone's been pointing out in all these shows, who's been going up in the polls now in Iowa? Not just Trump, but Carson, Fiorini, Fiorina, whatever her Fior- name is. Fiorina. Fiorini. Fiorina. Uh, all these non-politicians. It, it's right. crazy, but the GOP, the, their base, I think they're just really sick. You know, it's it's that Tea Party strain they're they don't want any politicians anymore how come they that sure is, as hell don't right. want another bush and how come that's demonized exactly we talked about that uh earlier on in the show i mean w uh, um 
uh, Jeb is down there in fourth place, and I don't see him getting out of it whatsoever unless it's the lowest, unless there's literally no other option and people are, are, are forced at gunpoint to vote for the poor bastard. Right now, the aggregate, as far as all the polls go right now, Jeb Bush is in second place. He's at 10%, but that's, a, I mean, a far cry from the 24% that Donald Trump's getting. Right. And, and then it's Ben Carson, yeah, number ben three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and Carly right. Fiorina, she's on the upswing, definitely. I mean, yeah. she's at 4%, but that's... That's a lot better than what the one percent that she was at just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, right. She she took full advantage of that uh, that the JB debate, debate, the, the five PM debate. Yeah. yeah, I would say that's what uh, Roger and I were talking about. I I would have dropped Carson and uh, Christy from the uh, the the top debate, um, but now it appears that you know you probably lose Rand Paul and uh, I don't know one just one of those other guys. Uh, could be. Probably Christy. Th- yeah, Christy. I mean, he's just, I don't know what he's doing up there. But either way, the, the point is, is that a lot of people said Fiorina should be bumped up. <clears throat> right. Definitely. And then, uh, and even Rick Perry uh, did okay, I, I, I'm told. So, but, what we're having with know. Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, they are both um, engaging a base of people that have been previously unengaged. Yeah. That's, right. Very yeah. similar to what Obama did in 2008. Mm-hmm. You know, he made everybody feel it's as happening if on both sides. It's happening on both yeah. sides. And it's very rare to have two primaries. Obviously, whenever there's not an incumbent, it's more exciting. But uh, odds are it's usually a 1996 situation with Bob Dole. And that's what they wanted to make it with Hillary Clinton. But of course, she's just proving herself so unbelievably not viable for the office well, that uh, it's, it's really, um, it's it's forcing people to look elsewhere. Hillary yeah. Clinton, her campaign has run so bad. Everything has been, uh, her family history, every one of the, her uh, so-called accomplishments are so flawed. Voting for the Iraq war, she literally has forced voters to look other places. Yeah. They wanted to vote for her. I talked about it on the last episode. They want to vote for her, yeah. and they just can't because she makes bad jokes about a scandal that she's uh, currently under FBI investigation for. When you think of like a color that the Hillary Clinton campaign has, what color do you think of? I just beige. honestly... That's exactly what think, I was going to say. You thought beige? beige? I thought, be- yeah, beige yeah. was definitely the color. Or mauve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like a melty green kind of going into a red. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, it's like beige or mauve, like something just like, I think about her campaign and I just think, ugh. Like, it it right. just turns me off. It's, Everything about it turns me off. It's the same thing that happened to her in 2008. She wasn't cool enough. Yeah. Barack Obama was this cool African-American center, you know, either it's way, the about, Democratic Party was right. going to break a barrier, but it was just like, I remember one joke in particular, Hillary Clinton, it was Hillary and Barack, uh, and maybe John Edwards was still there, but who gives a shit? Um, Before his wife ruined everything. <laughs> right? Yeah, her. Yeah, it was all her. Mm-hmm. That poor woman. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Hil- Elizabeth, uh, I just want to, uh, Elizabeth Edwards hated John Edwards so much. You know what she did on her deathbed? What? She made it, she uh, recorded something for court. And uh, she she said he gets no money, Whoa. he gets nothing, and it was uh, it was under oath. She did the whole thing under oath, and they I played mean, it he, in the courtroom. He was a horrible she was the, person. He was he well. Was so was so, so was she. I mean, they were I'm they sure were. They were she was mean to him, and then yeah. of course he had sex with his biographer, much like General Petraeus. Even yeah. the strongest videographer, man, videographer, videographer, yeah, whatever. Yeah. The strongest man is always going to bend to the woman who's writing a tell-all, and uh, it's <laughs> yeah, just it's a constant like point. I'm yeah. just mm-hmm. right. I'm just doing as a man. I mean, honestly. 
if you are in your 50s and your 60s and you've been with the same woman for 30 years and yeah. then there's new little hot broad comes around it's just like <laughs> I want to film your every move write down every single thing that you've ever done all of your accomplishments and I just think I think I love you <laughs> it's going to be tough to it's avoid gonna be tough. but don't have a child with them the old John Edwards story yeah right so anyway anyway Hillary uh, sucked real bad um, she she did this joke uh, with uh, where Barack had a policy that he had um, uh, designed off a, another person's policy and so Hillary had this great line that said that's not change you can believe in that's change you can Xerox and it got nothing she can't and, deliver and even a joke Barack, and even Barack was like oh come on now Hillary <laughs> Come on now. Come what on now. Come on now. Come on. She's the <laughs> Seth Meyers. And that, that's when I actually was like, I like Barack Obama a lot. It was just yeah. like, uh, yeah. The Again, the poor gal. She's the ambitious. I get it. But she doesn't have a record. She was a good lawyer. She was she married to a governor. She does have a record. That's the problem. Her, 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 her political record is worse than she most She ran people. for Senate of a state she's not from. It was a shoe-in election. Yes, it and was. And then she ran for president. I mean- it's very ambitious. Her yeah. political record is worse than most people's criminal records. She's As a matter only, of fact, I would say it's the exact same she's thing. She's the only presidential candidate running who actually voted for the Iraq War. Exactly. And now she's well, Lindsey Graham was in that. there too, but you know he cried. Oh, he cried during the <laughs> first cried. debate, so <laughs> that, that kind of ended yeah, it. He's, um, he's sitting about one percent right now. Oh, oh, he just has to just yeah. go, Lindsey. Go get get, get just, the ham and biscuits. Just go get ham and biscuits. <laughs> go get your call ham up and your biscuits. leather daddy. Just Lindsay. go live your life, man. <laughs> Do what you do, Lindsay. Whatever he's done down there in South Carolina, it, he's made it work. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. Lord. How is that man a senator? Oh, excuse me, 1.2%. Oh, crushing oh. it. <laughs> That's great. Good for him. Beating Good. Pataki, though. Mm. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe and they all got to get out. Get out of here. Yeah, and Jim Gilmore. Who the fuck is Jim Gilmore? Jim Former Gilmore. of Virginia during 9-11. Oh. Yeah, oh. and that's his big Pataki, claim to fame. Pataki was governor of New York during 9-11, so. Wait, Virginia? What, if, what does Virginia have to do with 9-11? Nothing. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Pentagon, fellas. A little place called the Pentagon. Oh, All yeah, of these that's people. Right. But being governor during 9-11, doesn't that mean you failed? <laughs> yeah, me too. Isn't that like a bad thing to be the governor during 9-11? Aren't you supposed to protect the people? Yeah. yeah. yeah that, Tacky uses it like it's some sort of claim to fame. That's what Giuliani Gilmore. tried to do it too. It's you like, failed. Wait a minute, you fucked up. You fucked up worse than anybody. It's you unbelievable. failed to stop 9-11, and now you're saying, what? Jump in front of the planes, Giuliani. If Pataki yeah. and Giuliani well, well, jumped mean, in front, I'm not a big Giuliani fan. But what what do you expect him to do, boys? Get a parachute, <laughs> hang out on the World Trade Get Center, get a pair of UGG boots, yeah. kick that plane so out of there. Oh, so you're saying that the New York mayor is what King Kong? Harrison Ford could do it. <laughs> I've seen him do it multiple times. Get off my plane, <laughs> like Bane. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's so very talented. But, you know, that's very interesting to know that the, the support that Trump's getting is as fever-pitched as the support that Bernie Sanders is getting. Yes. They're both outside. Well, Bernie is not an outsider whatsoever. Only, only In to, a way, he only, is, though. Well, to the degree that nobody invited him to the party. Yeah. <laughs> like, he wanted to mm-hmm. be. People, you know, and I talked about this as well. Bernie is not holier than thou. When you're a senator from Vermont, his politics are exactly in line with Vermont. He, If he was in, yeah. he just but like that makes any sense, other. Though. 
Well, of course, but I'm saying if he was in if he was in Louisiana, if he was in South Carolina, Bernie Sanders politics would not be Bernie Sanders politics. I don't believe it. I think the desire for success in political office, the desire for leadership requires somebody to look at a sample size of the people that they would represent, adapt themselves to it and do your best you can possibly do to get elected. So this whole idea that Ver- that he's somehow this um, you know, um Mother Teresa who was a terrible person by the way and her institution gave no money to the poor, Mother Teresa is one of the biggest scam artists in the history of the world. What? Uh, yeah. This is all new to me. No, she used to, she thought that pain was a gift from God. Oh, she's a sociopath, dude. Oh, my yeah. God. I, wait, this is another topic for another time. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I got to get in on this. Yeah. She yeah. seems awesome. <laughs> but, you know, so, and Gandhi was a pedophile. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Jeez, that, I feel like I'm just spinning around like uh, like Mel Brooks and High, Anx- yeah. uh, high Anxiety. <laughs> you ever seen the movie Mel, uh, High Anxiety? I don't think I've ever seen oh, High Anxiety. Yeah, you got to see oh, it. so good. Yeah. High Anxiety. It's one of the best Mel Brooks movies. Oh, oh you underrated, have to huh? For those listening, Mel Brooks, High Anxiety, check it out. Check it, it out. I'm oh, a History the- of the World Part 1 guy myself. That's great. Oh, yeah. yeah also great. very good. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. But people are on fire for Bernie, though, the same way that people are on yes, fire for Trump, and they could be more yeah. different people. They are not establishment politicians. I think that's it. It's like you said. Hillary is so terrible. People already want to look elsewhere. Bernie Sanders has a progressive message that does resonate with people. Yes, it's from the state of Vermont, but the state of Vermont makes their progressive policies work. Everybody under 18 has free health care. Um, at the same time, they love their guns, as we discussed right. on an earlier show. Bernie Sanders is very pro-Second Amendment. That's because Vermonters are very pro-Second Amendment. Exactly. Exactly. Luckily, they give their kids free mental health care so they don't go fucking shoot a whole place up. Yeah, um, and there's nowhere to, no one to shoot. Right. <laughs> that helps, too. Is that a Ben and Jerry's cow? Oh, get more. <laughs> Capital offense in New Jersey if you kill a Ben and Jerry's <laughs> cow. cow. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, Sanders is crushing it. These huge crowds uh, that he's getting, what, 27,000, 30,000? Um, and the same way Trump is killing at 15,000 in Phoenix. I mean, it's it's fascinating. And what's even better, Who's uh, promises the bigger are- picture. Let's look at the bigger picture because I know we had talked about this and I was talking about it to Marx at one point when we were drunk. And that is that <clears throat> in terms of the political system that we have now, which everyone fucking hates. Uh, Trump can smash it because he is the billionaire. He's not funding a candidate. He's doing it himself. Right. The only people he owes is the American people so we can make America great, great again. again. Great again. I've heard of that. Right. <laughs> yes, I love Bernie that. Sanders, Bernie Sanders also does not, you know, uh, in the same way Trump does not need Wall Street money, Bernie Sanders does not want Wall Street money. And he's raising plenty. He's doing the Obama thing. He's raising small donations. Obama got a bunch of Wall Street money, though. Oh Yeah, that's true. That's why Obama's a huge friend. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, I know that. Um, but he also got small donations because, in theory, he was for he was the progressive candidate. Again, remember how when- nice is it though? You know what's amazing about Donald Trump? He has not spent one dime on a television advertisement. Doesn't need to. He is a television. He's advertiser. got it all. He's for a free. walking television advertiser. And yeah. you know what? And he's you- never once asked for money. Isn't that? Refer- I feel like this is that's what uh, okay. Let's mix the immigration <laughs> thought because Throw this is immigration out. Right. First of all, of it's not realistic and it won't ever happen anyway. But he's got to do it to show those racist people that he's got a plan. But Marcus, how good does that feel? A politician not asking you for money. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of expect money. it from at this point. But I, it's kind of weird. It almost re- feels like it's not a politician. 
Right? That's mm. what's refreshing about it. Yeah, Dude. but it just Marcus uh, is coming on team. He's coming around. I'm not. He's the solution. <laughs> he's the problem. Marcus, you literally cannot because of our entire <laughs> fan base. Solution. I know. I know. Yeah. I have to I can't be it. on team. Even if I wanted to be on Team Trump, I can't be on Team Trump. But our fan base, you guys are coming around to Team Trump. Yeah. I've seen all the hate messages. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you hate the political system as it exists now, you should want Trump, the ultimate capitalist, versus Bernie, the ultimate socialist and oh, that's no, what this election should be uh, it is exactly the election point. that i want that's yeah. it that is the election then we I just want. need a communist who should we get for the eugene debs let's bring eugene. him back <laughs> well that'll t- that'll bring back, into- bring back eugene v debs v debs oh. i'm v debs no but bring you're back right like how long did he spend in prison i don't know enough to run for president like four times <laughs> well, from prison he missed a couple yeah, i think he did miss a it's couple. kind of funny when you type in you uh, eugene v debs bernie sanders that's google auto or uh, autofill oh comes right God. up let's huh. put bernie sanders in jail Man. <laughs> He'll do we so gotta, much better. Mm, he died in 1926. Oh, okay. well, All right. well, guess you got to dig him up then. Dig up those bones. Yeah. Mm. Well, if he's, he's if he's going to be a puppet anyway, and let's talk about another real. scenario. This is what I was trying to impress all the Denver kids with as well. Let's say, of course, Sanders isn't going to get the nomination. It's going to Hillary. And let's go on the well, Republican I mean, side. I think Joe Biden. He might get in. As if I'm Joe told. Biden jumps in, it's until possibility. October first, he has the. But uh, again, you know, I I think the time of white men has passed for politics. in politics, I I really I think people are going to slowly. This is why Marco Rubio actually has a great chance to run against Hillary because he almost has the same thing that Obama brought, where he's a youthful first-time senator. No, but he's from a minority community within the United yeah, States. Yeah, but the politics don't line up at all. Oh yeah, no, I, the I politics don't. don't. So. I'm just yeah. saying in terms of the the demographic. I actually disagree with that. I, I do disagree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, you look at Bernie. And, uh, you know, people are talking, we discussed it on the last Wait, episode. you're saying Bernie about has Ber- a chance to get the nomination? or uh, I think he- that Bernie has a chance. Uh, well, sure, I suppose so. I mean, he's winning in New Hampshire. He's doing great in Iowa. Plus, he Hillary's went- a criminal. She's Hillary, not- honestly, yeah. she might be in shackles. She might be heading to the pokey before uh, She's before pulling the Eugene Debs. <laughs> um, well played, Hillary. No, Bernie's gone from 8% to 40% in a matter it's, of weeks. It's oh, yeah. huge. Yeah, it's, um, it, that is very huge. That is very huge. You know, I mean, well, Will he be a Dukakis type and, you know, completely implode under any sort of actual scrutiny Keep and pressure? Keep him away no, from so. the tank. Keep Never him away from put, the tank. I mean, put Get nothing on his head. That will be, <laughs> yeah. that will, if it is a, if it is a Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders election, it is going to be one of the most beautiful things of all time. It's oh, going to be great. schoolyard politics at, at its finest. Neither of them but, need any of the Wall Street money. That's going to be fast. So yeah. what's probably going to happen is the Wall Street guys are going to put all their money into somebody else. A, a third party candidate. This could be the biggest shit show we've ever seen. Right, right. But you know, Bernie Sanders. Going back to what you were talking about earlier, as far as white men. Again, I think he ta- it, it's more about well, he's politics. A Jew. He is a Jew, so he does count as a a, a hot young minority. Okay, <laughs> hot young minority Bernie Sanders. I think we're going to see him on the cover of Team Bop or Team Beat, whatever the hell that magazine Ooh. is, any day now. But you know, it's funny. Yeah, 73, 74 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, young people are wearing his shirts. He has become sort of a pop icon. Yeah, and you know, the Black Lives Matter movement i was watching uh michael dyson today on msnbc they're attacking 
uh, Bernie Sanders, and they had one of the uh, a spokesperson for them was on Dyson's show today, and he was talking about how that should be taken as a compliment, seen as a compliment, because they are the the Black Lives Matters movement thinks that Bernie is the closest person that they can get to that would actually understand their movement, understand mm. their cause, and really believe that uh, he could be, um, you know, that he could, uh, you know, bring their goals and bring their values to, into the White House. So I think, and like we talked about earlier on on the show, Marcus, with Carly Fiorina, Fiorina, Fiori, Fiori, what is it? Fiorina. She's got to change her last name. I'm just going to call her Carly Johnson uh, from here on out. I can say that. Um, but, you know, she's very pro-life, and this is what people like. So it's not about her being a woman, uh, and that's not, you know, her being a woman doesn't make Republicans hate her. It, it is Hillary is so pro-choice, that's why Republicans hate her. It's not because she's a woman. And with Bernie, I don't think that people are going to hate him because he's a white man, because his policies are very in line with a lot of the social movements of uh, many of the minority groups in the country right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's so cut and dry. So I could see another white president mm. being elected for sure, um, but it depends on... You you know, is he going to go to the Bernie Sanders route or the Donald Trump route? Uh, and that's tough to say. Donald still guarantees he's going to get the Hispanic vote. He's, he's guaranteeing it. He's guaranteeing it. He's putting the check mark on it. Yeah. And so, done. He's, I, th- I don't think he's even going to talk about it anymore. I think he's got it all right. I got up. him. Yeah. He's, he, but, you know, it's <laughs> not as if, but we also don't live in a world like it's not as if black people love Hispanic people uh, historically throughout this country either. You know, there's a, I mean, and what Donald Trump is, I'm telling you, he's, he is a bull, I'm going to say he's a Bullworth type. You think so? He's, he's loud. He is, he's uh, extravagant. He's unapologetic. He's unapologetic. He's a mix. He's, he's a mix. He of, is, he uh, is the, he is the uh, BT comic view uh, of presidents. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I he's just know. telling it like, like it like is. So Donald or, Trump, I hear you've got some opinions about immigration. You know, Donald Trump <laughs> rides a helicopter yeah. like this. Yeah. Bernie Sanders <laughs> rides it like that. <laughs> what do all I do? scared. <laughs> Whoa, I don't know. It's a whirly bird. <laughs> you know, all these things that we think we know about people, all these measurements, all these polls, all these stats get thrown out the window when charismatic people are thrown into the limelight. And I would wouldn't be surprised if uh, Donald Trump does end up winning over pockets of groups that no one thought he was going to win over simply because of his grandiose ego and his inability to tell anybody that he was wrong. Yeah. He just refuses it. It's so, I mean, because, and you know, it really is a mirror. Every single, and you know, it, it is the illusion of choice. These are all secular things and politicians, you know, one starts a war, the other one promises to end that war. And then another one says, we're going to war. And this is how the entire thing works. You know mm-hmm. this, Marcus, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. Um, but, you know, when when Obama got elected in 2008, and he literally did go on, it's now called the Apology Tour, but it really was, <laughs> because in 2008, this country felt so bad for the Vietnam of our era, which was the Iraq War. Yeah. Everyone was bamboozled, Hillary Clinton specifically. Uh, she wasn't bamboozled. She loved going to war, and she knew the fact that she knew that all that intelligence was lies, because they Help prop up Saddam Hussein, mm. um, but uh, you know, so so uh, so Obama goes on his apology tour, and now we're seeing the ref- the, the opposite, the inverse, the reflection of the uh, of the country is just like we apologized, we're done apologizing, and now you have somebody like Donald Trump, and it will not be an apology tour; oh, it God, will be no. a Loki. Get on your knees. <laughs> Humans are meant to be slaves. You need a master. Yeah. You need a leader Woo. tour around the world. Make America yeah. great again. Make America great again. Boom. I am the problem and the solution. <laughs> <laughs> but so was Jesus, wasn't he? 
What? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus was causing a muck. He was ruining all the temples. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you so much for coming in, Travis. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, keep in touch. About the this is. I think it's going to be one of the most fascinating elections uh, of our time. I yeah. agree. I agree. And you can find Travis Irvine on Twitter at Travis Irvine USA. Mm. And of course, check out his work at the Guardian. Mm. And uh, Jesse Ventura is off the grid on Aura.tv. Awesome. Aura.tv. It's right by uh, the Spice Channel. <laughs> it's great. Spice Channel or Hot Spice? Oh, I don't know. Hot, Was there a hot difference? Spice. Hot Spice. Yeah, there's a, oh, there's a huge difference. Hot huge Spice is difference. full penetration. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Spice Channel is just a... <laughs> wow, I didn't Spice know. Spice Channel is just simulated oh. penetration. Huh. Hot Spice is where you get the stuff you really want. You get the good stuff. But if you want, if you're watching something with your lady and she likes something a little more erotic, you go for Spice Channel. Huh. Yeah. You Spice know. Channel, you, you don't get to see the actual blowjob. You just get to see a woman's head moving back and forth in front of a man's crotch. Or if you mm. don't want to see any sex at all, watch Jesse Ventura's Off the Grid <laughs> on Aura.TV. <laughs> all right. And you can find Mark Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. I'm at Ben Kissel. Thanks so much for listening and thank you so much for supporting all the shows here on CCR. Uh, we really love you. And check out the Facebook page at Ambligans Top Hat. Marcus Parks, any final words? Uh, my final words Cowmen. are the cowmen. Yes. Yeah, I thought you just oh, yeah. met in general. Oh, uh, you're dead. Final <laughs> words. Uh, go buy the cowmen album available on iTunes. You want that on your tombstone? That's no, a tombstone what, I, thing, what I want on my tombstone is pepperoni. Whoa, I, I just got that. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> just, I just got it. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.